a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Dave X Media. Harry turned to page five of his copy of Defensive Magical Theory and started to read. It was desperately dull, quite as bad as listening to Professor Binns. He felt his concentration sliding away from him. He had soon read the same line half a dozen times without taking in more than the first few words. Several silent minutes passed. Next to him, Ron was absentmindedly turning his quill over and over in his fingers, staring at the same spot on the page. Harry looked right and received a surprise to shake him out of his torpor. Hermione had not even opened her copy of Defensive Magical Theory. She was staring fixedly at Professor Umbridge with her hand in the air. Welcome to the Restricted Section, a Harry Potter slander Harry Potter book club podcast hosted by me, that weird girl you went to high school with. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 12, Professor Umbridge. It's the first day of school and it's the most Mondayest Monday ever recorded on Earth. History of Magic, Double Potions, Divination, and Defense Against the Dark Arts with Dolores fucking Umbridge. And, uh, it does not go well. Not for one second. Welcome to the restricted section. Have a biscuit. My co-host today is not raising his hand, Andrew! I'm not raising my hand out of protest. <laughs> I'm not not raising my... I, my mm. hand will not rise mm-hmm. out of protest and solidarity with the Defense Against the Dark Arts fifth class, fifth year class. <laughs> um, you're such an activist. <laughs> <laughs> um, how are you doing, dude? Better. I'm on the mend. You okay? Yes. Yeah? Uh, if, if my voice sounds especially sultry this week, it's not that I've taken very white sexy lessons. It's... That I oh, was honey. terribly, terribly sick for a while, but it is getting better. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm feeling much better than I was a week ago today. That's for sure. Thank God. Yes. Because you were scheduled for this recording. Yes. So, so I obviously that, that would have been the worst part is seeing my ass wrapped up in about 42 blankets as I tried to make funny out of being <laughs> sick. That would have just been terrible for everyone. So I am doing much better. Thank you. Thank God. And I'm extremely excited because our special guest today is Sutton, friend of the show. Say hello to the listeners, Sutton. Hi, hello. I do not have a sultry voice, but also there might be a sniffle from time to time. (laughs) Well, let the listeners decide if you have a sultry voice, okay? (laughs) Sutton, before we move any further, what are your pronouns? Uh, She, they are my pronouns. Perfect. Excellent. Can do. What is your Harry Potter history like? Where, when did you first start getting interested in the books and the movies? I don't remember exactly the year, but like my mom and brother, my mother and my older brother were really into them. Um, like book one, two, and three, I remember we, we read. And then by the time four came out, we were like caught up. Um, so we did like the, we waited outside Barnes and Noble and stuff. But 
I was pretty young and like I wasn't a great read- reader so I would generally like skip over until like something exciting was happening and just read that. <laughs> I love it. That's probably how people like write the books too. I think at least for me as a writer, I'm like writing, writing, and I'm like, ah, this part's kind of boring. I'm gonna jump ahead to the part just where she kills that guy. Afterward, yeah. I at least stopped at like book four until later. And then like I don't know, like the last 10 years I've been really, you know, I've listened to all the audiobooks and read the books a couple of times and it's a good series. I mean, ish. You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe not the best series. Oh my god, that's Exactly what you just said. That's the new motto of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like that exact hesitation. So you said you've listened to the audiobooks. What? Who's your preferred narrator? Not Jim Dale. Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry's the better one, objectively. <laughs> so, yeah. In my, my opinion, my preferred is narrator objective. is not Jim Dale. <laughs> no. Yeah. Not Jim Dale. Yeah, I think that uh, I have heard uh, nothing. <laughs> like the most critique about Jim Dale. Uh, He's the one, I, I only listened to like a chapter or two, but he's the one who does, uh, uh, wait, Avada Kedavra. <laughs> it's like so dramatic. Um, he also, he also does the French twist with Voldemort, so it's Voldemort. Oh, yeah. It's just like a little much. His Hermione is very upsetting as well. Oh, no. Oh, I don't remember that. Thank it's God I repressed the memory of listening to that. Harry! Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. They, <laughs> they've been having this conversation over on Of the Eldest Gods, uh, which is our network's Percy Jackson podcast, because I've never listened to the Percy Jackson audiobooks, but apparently the narrator is like like not the best. And I think that a big part of the problem of both of these narrators is that like, you should not make elderly men read the parts of like 12 year old girls. And that's their main complaint over with, um, with the Percy Jackson audiobooks too. Like they're just, they're not going to do a good job. It's going to creep you out. Like have a, have a more femme, a more youthful, like I get it. I get that. It's like this old British story <laughs> can can i just have lizzo do all of my audiobooks for me like oh i think God. she would bring the appropriate level oh of wait no you know who and you want ludicrous have you heard ludicrous oh uh, reading um um llama llama red pajama no but it sounds like something i need in my life oh my god he reads La- which first of all llama llama red pajama is a pretty solid kids book it's fun to read but ludicrous takes it to the next level i'll put a link in the show notes Hey, llama llama, uh, red pajama, reads a story with who? With his mama, hey. Unbelievable. I understand the thought process behind the old British man doing it. Cause like, you, you think of like a fireplace and they're like grandpa from Britain that somehow I never had, but I like to think that I would, sits down with like a, a brandy and reads to you stories of old, but like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm only picturing Michael Caine right now. And I think oh, that perfect. maybe he would do a better he job. He would do fantastic. Yeah. He would, like, yes, please. Alfred can read me a, a goddamn insurance manual and I would absolutely love it. You think Alfred, I think Austin Powers' dad. <laughs> Who wasn't there. Daddy wasn't there. Canonically <laughs> wasn't there. Also, everyone knows that fantasy is written in British. <laughs> it's true. That's true. Yep. Like it has wow. to be read that way. It's important. <laughs> I've been reading this fantasy book lately and it was actually written by a British person and edited in British English. So I have 
uh, been having a bit of, it's, it's like a, a weird feeling. You like, you almost forget for a long time that they spell things different and then something just hits you. You know, they spell meager, like a meager morsel. They spell it M-E-A-G-R-E. Upsetting. Migre. <laughs> mm. um, we love our British friends. So sorry for making fun of your accents. I was making fun of a lot of other accents on the Instagram story last week. So uh, <laughs> I just like to read the book in different accents that I can do. And there's only like three of them and I'm really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how this is in your head. You could read this in any accent in your head. But no, you're no, still no. like, no, nah, I can only it's do fun. three of them. It's fun to do it aloud. There was a baby. I've been nannying and there was a baby would not stop crying. I was like, I know what will shock him <laughs> into, I will be into submission. Mary Pop. <laughs> yeah. I I was like, I'm going to channel Sam into an Australian read along. And that'll like really alarm this baby. <laughs> um, and it did. And he read, I read Harry Potter to him. So how often do you find yourself trying to alarm babies on a regular basis? Just well, it's just sometimes they're sometimes they just cry and then they're like, I'm crying. My life is crying. I forget what was happening before the crying. And it's hard to like snap. Like you'll watch a baby cry themselves to sleep because they're like so tired. They for, they get so mad that they forget that they need to just be asleep. So you just got to sometimes you just got to shock them. And then they're like, oh, yeah, wait, my life is great. They just carry me around to feed me. Wait, I'm a baby. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Sutton, what Hogwarts house are you? That's the question, isn't it? Um, if you if you care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've taken the the uh, the Pottermore tests many a time over the years. Um, I used to get Gryffindor the first couple of times, but I really wanted to be a Ravenclaw because they're really smart. Um, Not and, all of us. <laughs> <laughs> and I got Ravenclaw when I wanted to, which, but that's not. I mean, that's not real. Um, but the last time I took it, which was the first time in years, I got Hufflepuff. Puff, 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 pass. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's really no telling, but I I may have, yeah, evolved into a Hufflepuff in my old age. Oh, my God. Amazing. That's everyone's final form. I'm starting <laughs> to be convinced that everyone's final form is Hufflepuff. Well, Truly. Either Hufflepuff or old and bitter Slytherin. There's like only two ways you can True. really end up in life, right? True. I'm like thinking of all the old people. I'm like, what Hogwarts house? None, because they don't do fanciful. Get out of here. <laughs> Read a book about World War II. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> I don't think you're going to like what side I think you end up on that <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just imagining now someone telling me to read that and choose a side. And it's like, dude, you're you're on Germany, man. He's Nazi. He's ranting about Nazis again. It always happens. <laughs> I don't know why. It just always comes back to fucking Nazis. You always take it back to Germany, like Nazis and stuff. It's yeah. so cliche. It's really weird, especially when I'm like ordering soup and it somehow still happens. I don't know why. <laughs> I should probably see Wait, someone about that. Um, I, lear I learned I learned a Nazi fact recently. <laughs> um, did you know that Dr. Martin of Doc, Doc Martin's Martin. mm -hmm. Dr. Martin was a Nazi? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and he was like Nazi Nazi. He wasn't like one of yeah, those was, that was in Germany at the time. He was he going was, hard in the Nazi paint. Yeah. <laughs> That's why the Nazis always wear the Doc Martins. It's an unfortunate reality. Well, Holy American cow. gay youths are taking them back. Yes, it's true. 
It's true. <laughs> the non heads started have it. Them. <laughs> and the- they belong to us now. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with Hugo Boss. We're going to go ahead and take that too. I have one pair of Doc Martin black boots. You know the kind, the sl- slip on kind, not the lace up kind. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And like, I wear them every single day, every single winter for like years. I, and it, it, I cannot convince myself to wear a different shoe. I keep buying myself like other jet. I'm like, what about brown boots? What about like a clunky Mary Jane? And I'm, my brain's like, nothing works without the Doc Martens. The Doc Martens are the only thing holding any of my outfits together. It's Honestly, same. Precision. Honestly, same. Except brown version. Oh, you have the brown ones? Are they lace up or slide on? Slide on. Oh, I love that. I really love that look. I mean, slide is a, a word that might not be very accurate. It's like a lot of pulling. It's a, a, lot it's a of range. Pulling. It's, yeah. an, it's not, it's not a, it's more of an objective uh, type word, a slide. <laughs> I was able to slide into that. I've never slid into anything gracefully or easily in my life. And yet I use the word. So getting them off is even worse. I rec- I've had this like figurine in my house for a couple of years now. We found it in a park and it's like this brass like bug looking thing it's like got a flat surface and two antenna and it's just been sitting on my shelf forever because i found it but i recently was watching a tiktok and i learned that it's literally for taking off shoes and you like (gasps) step on one, you step on it and like slide your heel back into it and these things are like hundreds of years old like this specific bug anyway they're they're perfect for taking off your slide on docks is the moral amazing Oh my god! It's oh, very humans special. are such beautiful creatures. Yeah, I know, I know. Y'all, I think we're done here. Uh, we we are not <laughs> going to surpass this fact. So I guess yeah, stuff happened. It's a chapter. Okay, I swear to God, we're going to talk about Harry Potter at some point. But um, before we do, but not this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I just hit my monitor with this giant beer. Um, whenever Grace comes to my house, she leaves fancy beers at my house that's the only reason i invite her (laughs) and she left in my house a juniper saison beer with peppercorn from ardent brewery here in richmond now what on earth is a saison do you know i believe it's a style of beer isn't it well yeah but which style i feel like it's like a light sour or something like that i'm a bartender but but don't ask me Okay, it has peppercorns, y'all. Well, that's just because it has a rebellious spirit. It's. <laughs> I think there's a big difference between saying it has peppercorn versus peppercorns. Like, just chunks of pepper. One up. lone peppercorn per batch is <laughs> required. Ooh, that's a really yummy beer. Oh, my God. You can taste the peppercorn. <laughs> <gasps> oh, my God. That's really... I was so scared of this beer. I thought it was going to be, like, a hilarious moment, but... I just recommend this beer. It has like the pepper aftertaste and it's not bad. This is not the plug section, Tina. <laughs> okay, so we're here today to talk about Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 12, Professor Umbridge. All right. I hate this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> She's the worst. There is a word that is horrible and terrible and I try not to use, but it a is. A cunt? Yes, she is a fucking cunt. She, She's a cunt. She is a cunt in the way she does her cuntiness and the cuntitudity of what she, she does just, is she just She just cunts cunt. along, cunting down the hallway. Just cunting all over the place. This, <laughs> this daft cunt. I 
fucking despise her. Just riding her bike huntle. <laughs> and like everyone, everyone knows this person. Everyone knows this per. They can be any gender. They just can getting, be any just race. Just getting her acupuncture. Uh, yeah, just a drive through the country with this bitch. Like oh my God. it's just everything has to be. <laughs> Fuck off. It's the type of person I would bring in trash if I had them as a teacher, just to leave a few pieces, knowing the conniption it would cause. Like I wouldn't get to see it, but knowing that it would happen would cause me to want to leave clutter. Just because fuck her. That's so specific. <laughs> fuck her. I hate this girl. God damn. Um, sorry to bring this energy onto into your ears, but it's really hard to bear witness to. It was hard when I was a kid, I think, in like a raw indignation kind of way. Yeah. But now as an adult, I'm like, this is abusive. This is fucked up. Like, like a- any part of this school should have protected these kids from this cunt, dude. Like, anything. And, like, Dumbledore is always pulling all of them strings, yo. He can make almost anything happen, but he can't protect his kids from, like, this abusive bitch? She is from the ministry. What can you do? Uh, Well, and we'll get to it, but, like, (laughs) I I think the thing that hits me so hard about Umbridge specific, because there are objectively worse moral morally worse characters in this series not many but there the are author some. yeah want to speak one of one yes the one who we shall not speak of joanne but uh, <laughs> joe um but like there are worse people but she strikes such a chord because she's that adult who has to use like adult tricks to get one up on a child right and like that's the part that everyone has been a victim of someone who wields rules and stupid norms just as a weapon. And that's what she does. She, she plugs into society exactly 110% because she is going to wield these weapon, these rules as a weapon. She's a fucking cunning Karen. That's what she is. In my adulthood, like in school, I could, I like could never just like, pay my teachers respect for no reason. No. Like as an adult, I have such a hard time being managed by other people. Like I really don't respect people who are just in charge of me because, and, um, and with villains like Umbridge, how can you not feel that way? I will be honest. This is the, the book where I completely fall in love with the character of Hermione because Hermione handles a cunt like this, the way that you have to handle. Yeah, by the book. By By the the book. book. You've got to play Ah! their own game. You've got to play it, and you've got to play it better, and you've got to be smarter. And that's what she does, is she's she's just smarter. She's just smarter than Umbridge. And Umbridge's style is one that only works if you're smart. And you know what? The moment you get a smarter person, especially someone like several degrees of magnitude smarter than you play. Well, and Hermione also has like a squeaky clean record. Like Mm -hmm. no one's ever accused her of shit except for dating a famous athlete. Like she has like perfect grades. Like she can't, she's not untouchable, but she's close, you know, like the other teachers will protect her. Yeah. She's not just the top of her class. She is noticeably intelligent for her age. Okay. So there's like the Harry. Well, okay. Actually we'll get there. We'll get there. Let's actually maybe start the chapter. (laughs) So at the end of the last chapter, the boys were all fighting in their PJs, you Mm -hmm. might remember. So at the beginning of this chapter, it's like the next morning 
And Seamus dips out of the dormitory right away before he can engage with Harry at all, which same, big same. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Harry and Ron go down into the common room and Hermione is like huffing and puffing over this sign that the Weasley twins have posted seeking paid test subjects for their products. And it's kind of, this is kind of a beautiful moment because it sets up, and I I know I'm giving far too much credit here because it's not this deep, but in my mind, this is her preparing herself because she knows what's going to happen when she goes into Umbridge's classroom. She's read the book. She knows exactly what she's in for. And this is her, like, getting herself ready for this bullshit, right? That she knows she's going to have to put up with this, so she's got to start with the beginning. you got to play by the rules. you got to play by the fucking rules. Because she's a fifth-year prefect. There's four other prefects that, in theory, have more superiority than her. And ahead, you know, and all these people who could come down on Fred and George, but she's the one who's like, no, this, we got to, like, we got to do it. Yeah. we got to play by the rules. I also feel like she respects, like, what Molly's wishes, I think, more than most of the other kids. Like, I think she would like for Molly Weasley to, like, feel good and happy. Not to get too deep, but I also think this is kind of a way that Hermione shows her love of someone, right? Is by worrying about them. And this is, like, you can't... If you you listen to the way that she says it, she's saying, like, you can't do this because I'm a prefect. But there's a lot to it of, like, guys, don't do this. Right? Like... I'm stopping you now because if you do this, the consequences are way worse than if you say you want to do this. She could probably communicate that, though, instead of just being like, I'm a prefect. I'm cutting her a lot of slack. She's my hero this chapter. She takes down the sign. Ron's like, oh, God, no. Sutton, would you take down the sign or would you be like, oh, God, no, I'm going to leave that be? I would love to say that I would leave it be, but I was kind of a like a a teacher's pet growing up and I'm, I probably would have taken it down. Honestly. Mm. I probably would have left it up. And then like, if somebody else brought it up to me, like if McGonagall was like, um, did you know that the Weasley twins like posted this sign looking for test subjects? I would be like, what? Oh my God, what, what? are what? you serious? No oh, way. so that you, we don't want that. Right. So I'll go talk to them. Oh yes. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you so much for bringing this to my attention. Yeah, the one thing I will say she definitely did poorly with this is the way that she brought Ron into it. Like, if you're going to make that call and say that they're not allowed to do this, go to them and don't make Ron, his first day as a prefect, have to deal with, like, a complicated familial relationship issue as well as just being a prefect. Like, it's Ron. He's going to have a hard enough time not goofing off and breaking the rules on his own. You yeah. don't need to then make it an ugly family situation. Well. Uh, I know. She's like, <laughs> it's just like he's asking to be bullied by his older brothers by like stepping into the, he knows he is. He's like, I'm not, I have no wish to, <laughs> to stop this train. <laughs> so they all go down into the castle and Ron and Harry share with Hermione like about the fight with Seamus. Seamus is being shitty and Hermione's like lavender too, which sucks i really love lavender she's my girl i guess she's probably scared right now but we all need to be a friend to harry it's almost a shame that lavender is a witch because in reality i think lavender brown would be the perfect like hogwarts tiktok creator right that's like lavender's like perfect destiny isn't it <laughs> so like whatever Do you mean in a non-magical world or on behalf of the university of hogwarts both 
Why not both? I prefer the latter for her. I want her. But so she should be a witch. She can do jazzy stuff with her TikToks. Exactly. I'm going to show you how to accessorize your boyfriend's giant wan-wan necklace today. <laughs> they just keep all electricity, all technology outside of Hogwarts, but they would not be able to keep social media outside. There's yeah. no way. They would, they would have to have a social media coordinator, everything. Yeah. Now I'm imagining like some type of warp owl that can go short distances between people so you can like write texts almost to each other in class and like give it to a tiny little warp owl. Don't they use their Patronuses to send messages? What if you could like make your Patronus tiny and have it like say a little message in your ear and then you like send it back? It like it jumps on the person's ear and like whistles like a little note to let them know that like your Patronus tweet is incoming. (laughs) (laughs) That one, the laugh grew. Uh, Who are we kidding? JKR has, or sorry, that bitch. Joanne. Joanne. Yes. <laughs> Joe. Joanne has ignored technology for so long that, yeah, she, I guess, even if she were writing this today, she would ignore cell phones. She'd be like, no, they just don't have it. It will complicate the story. It's like everything is stupid if people have cell phones in this story. <laughs> you like can't, you can't write that book. Like, hello, I'm at this graveyard. I don't know what's happening. Well, you can have cell phones, but they have to be in the form of a mirror that's given to someone without clear instructions. Oh, don't talk to me about the mirror. (laughs) Okay, so what happens is, pay close attention. Ron and Harry are like, Hermione, Seamus is being shitty. Hermione's like, Lavender too. And Harry's like, oh, did you have a nice chat about how terrible I am, you bitch? (laughs) And then Hermione's like, "Uh, of course not. And also, you simply must stop yelling at us. Uh, We are your friends, and... You cannot yell at us. Yeah. We're entering Gaw incel version of Harry, which is the <laughs> absolute. I mean, it's worse it, Harry. Well, anything incel is the worst, but incel moody Harry is just. He's a real screamer. Yeah. It's the most like, you just don't understand me that he like ever is. It's very off putting. Yeah. Well, it, it's yeah. not his fault. He, he doesn't know to go to an MCR concert because he doesn't understand <laughs> that that's the way that he'll get his bloody 666 feelings out. <laughs> I don't know. I think that uh, emo music kind of kept my angstiness rolling for longer than it could have if I had just listened to like normal music. It both feeds it and controls it. You know what I mean? I it guess that's true. Channel it into. <laughs> the older I get, the more... My Chemical Romance becomes my favorite band of all time. Like, it doesn't get less. It gets more only. Is that true? It's yes. really true. I really, I really love them. I, re- <laughs> I really do. Um, anyway, uh, check out my, our, my Immortal bonus episode. I do really like in this book that Hermione is really standing up for herself firmly. She's doing everything exactly right. She is 100% of the emotional intelligence of the characters. She never stops, like, affirming to Harry the things he needs to hear, but also firmly putting up boundaries. She's like, I was absolutely not talking poorly about you, and I need you to stop yelling at me because that hurt, that is sad to me. Yeah. <laughs> Make me sad. So then Harry apologizes, and she accepts it graciously, you know? Like, she's really with him on this. I love her. The communication is fantastic. We all need a Hermione yeah. in our lives. Absolutely. And mine's... Mine's named uh, Christina. 
Oh, I do do a lot of the emotional labor for our friends. <laughs> there have been several times in my life that Tina has pulled me aside and been like, hey, bud, I know that you don't understand this, but this is what's going on right now with you. And if you could stop that, that would be great. And every time it's like, oh, thank you for letting me know what I don't know about myself. That sounds sarcastic, but this is a very genuine thank you because that is exactly what I needed. You're just weeping and licking your wounds while you thank them for Well, she told me outside other times that that's not okay to do in front of people. Too, Every, so. Everyone needs a friend who will tell them to stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, bud, you're being kind of an asshole, okay? That's why I married Sean, okay? Because, like, I've always dated nice guys, but nice guys let you walk all over them. Sean's a quiet guy <laughs> who, who says no to me, which is very important. Enter the Great Hall. Like, um, not, not that the Great Hall, like, walks in, but we enter the Great Hall. <laughs> enter the Great Hall pursued by a bear. <laughs> Scene. <laughs> <laughs> Angelina walks up to Harry and announces that she's been made Quidditch captain and she's a beautiful black woman with beautiful braids and she's like in a leadership position and we love Angelina. Yes. Official I podcast. didn't get that part in the book. What? I didn't. I just didn't read that part where you where what? it said she's a beautiful black woman. Oh, oh it's, <laughs> it's the subtext. It's the subtext. It's the subtext. Gotcha, That's gotcha, my gotcha. interpretation. No, in fact, I think our gracious author gives her all the qualities of a black girl walked up, which is like, just, just fun. Just. It's okay. Fun. We know Angelina. We love her and re we respect her arc. We, we, <laughs> we've read <laughs> into her beauty already. <laughs> maybe, maybe she could have been written better, but I think she's great. Okay. So they need a new keeper and she wants the whole team at tryouts on Friday to make sure the keeper gets along well with everyone because Oliver Wood was the last keeper, but he, uh, I think he graduated t like not last year, but the year before, because mm -hmm. then last year they didn't have Quidditch because of Triwizard. the Triwizard, the Triwizard tournament. Wizard. My brain was like, because of the goblet of fire. And like, can I just say one more time how fucking stupid it is that there are two different goblets in that, <laughs> in that book. Like they are unrelated, like, cup like chalices <laughs> why do we need two cups why, <laughs> why wait two cups? there's two different cups the triwizard cup and the goblet of fire which have They're nothing different cups yeah one's the beginning and one's at the end <laughs> I, yeah, one... I always assumed they were the same cup it's not the same it's not. <laughs> it would only make all the fucking sense in the world for it to be the same I think cup this can't I think that be was true like, um that was like the first big thing that made me be like, oh, she's a bad writer. She's an and they, idiot. They, they stopped editing her. Oh like that, that was bad. Why do I can picture my editor's letter now. Dear Joanne, really loved the first draft. I think there's a lot of great bones here. Uh, I am one I would like to talk about. Why two cups? Why two? <laughs> How come? Why two? Honestly, in that same vein, I was thinking about it this time around and one of the things that she does in this chapter that really irks me is the way that she like, it, it's so shoehorned. It's like the, 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 we've got this practice at this time and I want everyone there. Everyone. You're part of the team, Harry. Let's all be at this practice. Cause like, maybe I'm crazy, but I played a lot of sports growing up. I can't remember a single time that a coach was like, Hey, you know, those tryouts, 
you don't need to come. Like, that's just dumb. It's just, it's clear that, like, someone who does not sports wrote this, and mm. someone who does sports read it and was like, it's not worth the argument. But it's just dumb. Like, why wouldn't, it? it's all because she needs a reason for him to have something to lose by getting this detention. Okay, wait, are you saying that it's obvious that he should have been at tri- at the tryouts, yeah. or are you saying that? Okay. Yeah, because like this whole thing of like, I want the whole team there. Well, yeah. Duh. Well, they don't have to host tryouts a lot, so maybe she's just they're idiot children. Like they just need reminding. Maybe I mean it would just be a regular practice, but you would have tryouts as well. I don't know. Anyway, wow, Andrew, this is not the hill to die on with this. <laughs> All of the negative fifteen people that listen to this podcast that sported growing up are going to. <laughs> Send you emails saying Andrew was right. There was no need to emphasize this. It was shoehorned in. I thought that you were saying negative 15 people listen to this podcast. Yeah, I, was like, it was, I was like, we gotta have at least negative 10. It was really rude for a second, but yeah, I, I picked up what you were saying. Too. I was specifying the sportsing people who Like listen even to this I podcast. listened to it. <laughs> so it's mail time. And the mail brings Hermione the Daily Prophet because, you know, no thy enemy. Yes. Um, and she's, like, reading it. McGonagall's handing out schedules. Listen to this. Listen to this. They have history of magic, double potions, divination, and then double defense against the dark arts all in one day. Like, what kind of devilish Monday energy is this? I, I think I know why. I think if if we can assume that McGonagall's the one that does her house's schedules, it's because she does not put any amount of anything as far as regards to divination. So to her, it's like, yeah, you got some hard stuff, but there's a nice study hall in the middle that doesn't matter. <laughs> sure. I'm sure you can Aww. recover there. They become friends later in the book. I mean, not really, but but, but there's a cute scene. <laughs> they feel bad for her. At least. Yeah. Yes. The twins are like, LOL, I bet you'll want to buy some Skyving snack boxes. Uh, super cheap. And they're like, why are they so cheap? Oh, because they don't work yet. We can't make your nose stop bleeding. Yeah, this is also, I listened to the audiobook and he says skeeving right here. <gasps> skeeving? Skeeving snack boxes. And I was like, that's odd. Shouldn't it be Sky? I don't know. I'm Google, Google, Googling. Skeeving snack bar. Okay. Okay. Skiving. That was so loud. Did you hear it? Skiving. Skiving. That was really loud. <laughs> um, skiving. So there. That's what Google says. I bet Jim Dale was the one that pronounced it that way, wasn't he? Ugh. Yeah. That He'll stupid However, he wants. <laughs> I'm old and British. If I say it away, that's the way to say it. The word is pronounced aluminium. There's he knows <laughs> that wizards are all about the drama and he's just trying to add some flair to his language. <laughs> so Hermione tells them that they can't advertise in the common room, the Weasley twins. And they're like, well, joke's on you because you're definitely going to want to skip class because you're in owl year. A-O-W-L-S. <laughs> um, standardized testing. It's the SOLs. Is that what you had, Andrew? SOLs. Of course I had SOLs. I What? What was your standardized testing, Sutton? 
like uh, back th- in the day day well what was it um sat sat wait oh. what state did you grow up in florida What's the ones that you had like all throughout like elementary school? Oh, I was I was homeschooled for a oh, for a bunch. Really? Yeah, unfortunately. Wow! Oh my god. Yeah. Statistically, you're smarter than us, or just more underdeveloped socially. It might be more of the result of um of being home. I definitely am not smarter than everyone else. <laughs> oh no, it, it's a it's a favorite joke of mine because like technically, yes, people that are homeschooled do score better on a lot of entrance exams, but oh, but they just cheat. Well, and it's also because the only people that are homeschooled that are going for those entrance exams are usually going to be the people whose parents took them out of school to, like, teach them better. So it's a very skewed statistic. Yeah, because a lot of the ones that get the the Jesus books, they're not going to go to college. So it doesn't, it's a fun little quirk of the homeschool system that a lot of people like to throw around. It's a very bad statistic. Damn. So that's fun. (laughs) Anyway. What are we talking about? We're talking about Some owls. Dumb book. Oh yeah, the SOLs. <laughs> That's how we got here. Um, the twins are like, we don't even care about grades. We barely even came to school this year, <laughs> which good for them. They have a plan. They have a clear plan, and they have investment money. Well, and it's important to realize that the the twins. I always like to kind of think of them as their world's version of like the Bill Gates type, right? Because every person who drops out of college at some point tells you like, well, Bill Gates dropped out of college. And it's like, well, yeah, Whatever. but he dropped out of college because he literally was going to start a company revolutionizing computing. Like, it's not the same. All these people, when you see these lists of like, these people who dropped out of college, it's like you're talking about the hyper, hyper intelligent ones. And that's what Fred and George are. They play around a lot, but they are fucking smart as hell. Yeah, especially at what they want sure. to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that they just, um, you know, they they tested the waters. They're like, OK, people aren't going to support this. So we just have to kind of like break bad and do it real quick. And then mm-hmm. they'll get off our backs, yep. you know. Well, and like think about the way that they said, like, you're going to want these to get out of class because this is the year that everyone that all of it gets bad. But they don't like obviously it wouldn't make sense to get out of class because don't get the material i genuinely think what they're saying there's like well it's like all you have to do is read the book anyways so you know they're like that kid who's like well i don't want to be in class because why would i waste my time there i can learn this on my own you know yeah at least that's the impression that i always got of them well slash also i don't need to learn whatever is in those higher level classes like i don't i don't need to take a statistics class like i'm never (laughs) in my life going to use statistics and if i need to use statistics i will have a person available to me that probably can do statistics slightly better than me. Wolfram Alpha will do my statistics for me. Is that a calculator? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? What did you say? It's a website slash program that can solve very advanced math for you. Oh, oh. so it is a calculator. Yeah, it's what you have. <laughs> it's the way that I had to start cheating on homework when I got to higher level math classes. And oh, I couldn't wait. Just, like, if you can cheat on math homework with that, I've definitely been yeah, on that website. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's, that's Wolf, I, I mean, it does, like, regular math, too. But, like, when I was taking my statistics classes, I used Wolfram Alpha to, like... That's so funny. And then you work your way backwards Exactly. From, and from learn me. how to actually do it. Well, and it, it will, like, show you... How, we're getting on a tangent. 
We have to actually, Andrew. We're um, we are doing a a math and Harry Potter episode because we have a bonus episode scheduled for Pi Day next year, <gasps> March. What is that? March thirteenth or fourteenth? How dare you? Three point one four. It's it's also my best friend's birthday. <laughs> I should, it's I should have known. Yeah. So catch us then to talk about math and Harry Potter. It's probably gonna be crazy. The what do they call them? Um, irrational numbers, right? No, imaginary numbers. <laughs> I mean, That's those are both things. Those are both, but imaginary Same numbers thing. Is, is what we're going to do. Get real. They're talking about what they want to be when they grow up, and apparently Ron wants to become a cop. Mm. Yeah. Hermione would rather, quote, do something worthwhile. Yes, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you ready to go to school? It's really interesting. Let's, History of magic. It. It's boring. My only note just says history of magic. It's boring. <laughs> it, it has always irked me ever since I was a kid that history of magic was this boring class because as a muggle, if I got into Hogwarts, all the magic would be cool. Don't get me wrong. But that history of magic class would be like my favorite goddamn thing in the well, world. Well, but they make it very clear in the chapter that it's the presentation. Literally, he says, like, he just paid paid just enough attention to realize that this would have been interesting if anyone else had been saying it. That's, and then he fell asleep. <laughs> but that's that's my problem. And once again, this is a Dumbledore problem. Because, like, I would think Dumbledore, of all people, would get, like, fucking wizard Robin Williams to teach that class. Get someone who's going to, like, be jumping up on the desk like, oh, look at this. Well, if you, like, if you want to hire a good history teacher, they really just straight up have to be, like, good storytellers. Like, the best history classes I ever took in my life would be, like, a professor on a stool, like, just, like, telling a story that they're really stoked about. And it just happened to be history. Yeah. Let's Like a history lesson. Plus, this guy has been, what, living there for... All of eternity, oh, not like not living. <laughs> <laughs> He's been occupying. He like Haunting. couldn't. He like keeps Trelawney around, even though she's the worst. And I don't think he True. would have the the heart to get rid of this poor ghost. Where else is he gonna go? It's true. Well, and you can tell what subjects Dumbledore prioritizes yes. because he obviously he obviously values transfiguration and charms and potions to yeah. some extent. Not defense against the dark arts. Yeah, definitely not. And like history of magic, he's like, who cares about that? It's probably just like in the real world where Hogwarts probably underpays their teachers. And so all the really qualified, super good teachers are just like, oh, I'm going to go into private tutoring. Yeah. Well, I think. Oh, wait, is Hogwarts a private school? I guess it's like the only school. Well, and then it also gets weird because in Britain, their definition of public school is like different than private school. Because public schools are like the really fancy hoity-toity ones with the boys and blazers and shit. I wonder if Malfoy has a tutor at home. Interesting. Based on that idea. Which kind of rich kid is he? (laughs) Fair. Maybe when he's younger, but like definitely not by like sixth year. No, Lucius ain't paying for that shit. (laughs) What if he had him? You know that before he came to Hogwarts, he had a governess, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and I will say, I totally see Lucius being the type of person to be like, I don't give a shit what you get in History of Magic, but this is my friend, the accountant, and you're going to take very strong lessons from them. (laughs) And that's what's going to matter, is you're not going to lose this fortune when I die. Next, they have break. They go to the courtyard to chit-chat. As you do. 
Cho Chang comes by to say hi, and then Ron is rude to her about Quidditch, and she leaves immediately. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, God. it wasn't going much better when it wasn't going much better before Ron inserted himself. It's true, but basically, Ron was like, "Oh, you like." I'm like, what's a band? Oh, you like Pearl Jam? Name name three, three songs. Song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's basically what he does to her. Oh, you're wearing a Metallica shirt? What was your favorite album? Hmm? Yeah, Metallica would have... Well, they all look kind of the same. No. No, not in terms of music, but just in terms of this exact anecdote. It, yeah, like, they're yeah, all yeah, perfectly yeah. serviceable. Hermi- so then Cho leaves, and Hermione is like, you are literally so dumb. What is happening? <laughs> She, she is doing something magical. Hermione is preventatively wingmanning. She is making sure that the next time, if she's not there, that Cho Chang walks up, hopefully Ron will keep his fucking mouth shut so that Harry can actually have a positive interaction yeah. with this girl. Hermione is really trying, but I'll, at the same time, I feel like I would be like, hey, bro, you've been yelling a lot. And I need you to know that if you yell at Cho Chang, she's going to crumble before your eyes. Yeah. You will literally watch her deteriorate into <laughs> nothingness in front of you. Yeah, let her like in the hallway when people are watching. Although, to just be melts fair, into the wall. <laughs> before Ron did that, Harry was just like, how was your summer? <laughs> <laughs> so how long did it take for you to get over your dead boyfriend? Oh, my God. He also was like, the only one who's more sad about her boyfriend dying is me. And I... I think that's like a, a little bit of a funny line. I mean, obviously Harry had to witness it, but like her everyday life changed, you know? No, no, Tina, she, she you don't get it because Cedric helped him out like on three different solid occasions. I know he was like, he was a bro. He he really just he offered that handshake to Harry three times in a uh, metaphorical way, and so sure they might have been dating, but I mean three solids. Okay. Harry's inner dialogue is always a little presumptuous. <laughs> that is like so always. true. Oh my god, I'm obviously gonna tweet that. That's like the truest thing. He's so presumptuous. He has main character syndrome. I mean, he is the main character, but he absolutely has main character syndrome. Mm, don't we all? Yeah. A lot of his presumption throughout the series is like, well, I know if I ask what's happening, no one will tell me. So I'm not going to ask like stuff like that. You know, like, well, I know that this is going to happen this way. So I'm just not even um, like that one line where he's like, I know that if I offered the Weasley's money, they would decline it. Yeah. And it's like, you, you should don't. start you should. by trying yeah, you should definitely, for sure with that. You know what, Harry? I love it, man. I love it. So this is what we're going to do. It's called the scientific method. You have a hypothesis. We are <laughs> yeah. going to test that hypothesis. I know they do not teach you this in Hogwarts, but I'm going to teach it to you, buddy. I just... In the last... Mean, what... Go ahead. In the last chapter, he's literally walking into the Great Hall going like, oh my God, everyone is talking about me. Like, I just know they are. <laughs> it's true. Yes, he's very presumptuous. And and it, it makes it so he keeps yelling. He's like, oh, you lavender up there talking shit about me? <laughs> it's like, bro, no, not at all. Not in the least. Not oh in the least. Oh, my God. Next is double potions. Three hours. I think... I, I think a three hour long class is ableist. Most of the people that I know in my life, all of my beautiful neurodivergent friends, so few of them could do a three hour class. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always had the same thing happen where I would sign up for them 
And I'd be like, this is great. I'll get it done in one night. And then by like hour two, my face has like become part of the desk and I'm staring with every <laughs> bit of intention that I possibly can. All of my three hour classes in college were my like upper level literature classes. So a lot of them we didn't. It was just like talking about po listening to someone talk about poetry for oh, three hours. Jesus. Like it's really not it's not hard. You just like smoke a blunt before you go and like doodle, you okay, know. But that's the problem. It's three fucking hours. That blunt is not going to last you all three hours. Which means no you're way. getting sleepy. You you're going to be coming down. Well, you get a fit. No, no. <laughs> you. They gave me a. They give you a break halfway through to go to the bathroom, and you go outside and you smoke the other half of the blunt. Mm, which you've hidden One in your time, hair. The exact class I'm describing, my three-hour nighttime. It was probably I think like seven to ten p.m. Um, my poetry class in college. One time, I remember. I believe it was took, seven to nine forty. Seven to nine forty. I took a bunch of acid and then I was like, I'm gonna go to class. And like I, you do. I don't know why I did that. And I could feel because you were in college. <laughs> I could feel the desk like you those. First of all, I'm five nine. I'm a big girl. Like I, those little desks were already so little, and I could feel it like like closing in on me, like locking me in. And then, like, the bright white ceiling with the lights on it just started, like, dropping in on me. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I'm so claustrophobic. So during the break, I ran for my life, and I yeah. did not look back. <laughs> well, and that's, that's the best part of it. The only – one of the few upsides of those classes is that that professor, they're, they're not going to track you. Like, you could be in a class of five people, skip out, and you're not going to hear a word about it, right? Yep. They're like – Good on you. I hate this class too. <laughs> yeah, like I, I fucked up by signing up to teach this, so we're all in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get tenure. <laughs> um, where are we? Oh, we're in fucking double potions for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Snape starts lecturing about the owls. Are we doing owls or are we doing OWLS? Because one's a lot easier to owls. say, but the other just owls, say owls. Okay. I thought it was OWLs, plural owls. Oh. What am I thinking of? I think I'm I think I'm thinking of R.O.U.S. from um The Princess Bride, Rodents of Unusual Size. O.W.L.S.S. Um So it's a hard class of potions. A long, hot, hard class. I didn't mean to make that sexual, but like It's too late. You're you're in the dungeon, but like all those fires going all the time. Ugh. Sounds terrible. It's bad. Snape's, Snape stops by to bully his bully's kid aloud to the entire class. Um, uh, you know, it's moments like this that I realize why I think I would do so well under Snape. And it's because of coming from a background with a lot of really, like, bad mental uh, abuse type shit. I, I would respond to Snape well. It would be terrible for me, but I would do so well in oh that God. class. Because so bad for you. I would be like, oh, I know this. <laughs> I can slip into this mode. That's fine. He's laughing to cover the tears. What tears? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm turning off my camera for a minute. <laughs> yeah, Snape's a bully. So then at the end of class, Harry has messed up the potion. So Snape literally disappears it, even though lots of people have messed up because that's what you're supposed to do as a student um, in a safe environment when you're learning. 
Um, but Snape literally. Hogwarts safe. <laughs> not even, I know. Not even in the literal sense, let alone <laughs> the figurative. So Harry has to take a zero. Got to take that O. Uh, no, you don't. Gotta take that O. No, you don't. <laughs> Finally, they get to lunch. Thank God. A little oasis in the absolute nightmare of today. Did, did everyone catch the amazing gym in this scene? Because there is one. A what? An amazing little gym of Oh, I awesomeness. thought you said like gym, like like gym from the office. I was thinking <laughs> I was like, you said too. <laughs> I heard G-Y-M. Oh. <laughs> What's happening? An amazing little gym. You can just You're get talking a about like a precious gem, right? Yes. Because... <laughs> It's lunch, right? Just lunch. And I don't know about you, but I always imagine that Hogwarts would be like a sandwich style lunch place, right? Like mm. go hard for breakfast and dinner, but lunch, you're going to get like sandwiches and soup. No, uh. this motherfucker has shepherd's pie for lunch. Mm. Can you imagine? Mm. I would weigh 600 Yum. pounds if I went to Hogwarts. Because if you put an unlimited amount of a delicious food out for breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and dinner, yeah. oh, no amount of stairs would help me. I would just devour, <laughs> yeah, you do. You do uh, probably, uh, probably every Hogwarts uh, student and staff hits their ten thousand. Oh yeah, steps they hit their steps day. for sure, and their vertical. <laughs> That's amazing. Ten thousand vertical steps a day. That's like um, my brother went to UVA, and everyone there is mm-hmm. extremely fit because it's like a mount, like a mountain camp. Walking from one hill to another. So many. Fucking shepherd's pie for lunch. Mm. Uh, okay, get over it. <laughs> I haven't had dinner yet. Is that obvious? Is that oh, obvious? oh, sweetie, you have to eat dinner before these recordings. You get grumpy. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Umbridge some more. You should have popped in some dino nuggets to tide you over. <laughs> it just make you grumpy without eating. You just get grumpy so you can talk about Umbridge like more. Oh, I'm very method in my uh, hate filled uh scries so yeah yeah that's what i was doing is i was tapping into the the good old uh red lantern power to get ready to talk about umbrage <laughs> that's my secret i'm, I'm always, always hungry. hungry hungry yeah yeah that's what i meant yeah <laughs> i mean I, that is true as well though so. i saw this tiktok of this person being like there's worse things to be than fat you like like don't worry about being fat there's worse things to be like you could be hungry and i was like i really i relate to that so much <laughs> I would so much rather be able to eat all my food. The they're just bickering. They're just having a bad day. There's like bickering, and then Ron and Hermione are bickering, and and Harry's like, "Please stop bickering." But then Harry says, "Oh, that's right. We have magic in our lives. Let's laugh about it and have a great rest of our day." And they did. End of chapter. Oh my god. <laughs> you wish. Jokes on you. We have more class. More <laughs> class. Ooh. Harry stomps up to divination early and he sits under the trap door waiting for class to start. And um, then Ron shows up and is like, hey, guess what? Me and Hermione have stopped fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Great news. (laughs) Hermione says it's it's very important that I tell you that we stopped fighting. (laughs) I think that this is a great opportunity for Ron because usually it's like Ron's feelings that we're dancing around. At least last year, Ron was the big hullabaloo and his feelings. But this year, Harry's on one and Ron gets to be part of the solution with Hermione by like working on it. Like, I think that probably makes him feel important and helpful. He's understanding emotions for the first time in his life. 
Well, he's really trying anyway. <laughs> in Divination, they start dream interpretation. I don't know why I wrote L-M-A-O-O-O in my notes. Like, maybe just, like, obviously because he's having these dreams. No, because you knew that it means that you're going to have Andrew have to talk about dream interpretation. Which, like... You got a canned rant about it? Well, and that's the thing. Like, you, you know me well enough to know that if a, a teacher told me I have to keep track of my dreams for the next month, <laughs> there is a solid up. chance that I'm just going to audibly say, fuck you. Like, <laughs> Andrew, I just, I can't. It kills me. Andrew is, like, so fun and normal, but he has this weird roadblock about, like, very fanciful things trying I to can't. encroach into his, like, real life. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just, they, they kill me. And, like... Being told to write down my dreams would be like you're getting 30 minutes worth of fiction written 30 minutes before class as I. I would just like write every day. I'd be like the darkness came for me. (laughs) (laughs) The witch is back. (laughs) (laughs) Just every day. Like I saw nothing and it worries me. (laughs) Just like I'm not dreaming. (laughs) I, I would. I think I would purposefully write the most banal shit ever like. Well, and then on Tuesday the 3rd, my dream is that I woke, I I was sitting in a cafe, and I was drinking a latte, and it it was fine. Not good, but fine, and I wasn't mad about it, but like, you know that feeling where it's like, man, this could have been really good, but it was just fine. And then I had a bagel, and the bagel, that was a very good bagel. And that that would just be like a page and a half of that, and I'd be like, what? Tell me what it means. Tell me what it means. (laughs) Well, bagels can actually be really important. Have you seen Everything Everywhere all at once? I have not. Wow. Bagel. Big bagel energy in that movie. <laughs> Seems sexual. You would love that movie, Andrew. I'm sure I would. Let's watch it. <laughs> we should do a thing on Sunday, maybe. Yeah. Movie night? You mean the thing that you keep not coming to because you've been disgustingly, contagiously sick? Yeah. I'm just an asshole like that. Slash hungover that one time. <laughs> <laughs> The day after Halloween, I'm like, what movie are we watching? And everyone's like, I have seen it plenty of you for one weekend. <laughs> they do. They are doing some reading and then they try to interpret each other's dreams. And that's class, man. And then class ends and they have homework. Keep a dream diary for a month. A and month. then as they leave, they're like, damn, <laughs> that's a lot of homework in my life. So here's my thing with the dream diary. Some people vividly dream every night and some people never ever remember their dreams or like so rarely like you can't make someone dream every night for a dream diary what do you make of this sudden what do you make i feel isn't there like a way i i'm super wrong about this for sure but isn't there a way to like exercise your like dream like like if you like lucid dreaming right there are like things you can do to like get yourself to like remember because we all dream right am i wrong about this i think i heard I that think once. we do usually dream but that might be one of those like pre-internet thing like lies that we all heard you know oh. like like hair grows even after you're dead like that's not true but we heard it Whoa. oh my god i think there yeah you can like exercise your brain get yourself to get yourself to remember eventually i don't know funny story about that I, uh, the one time in my life that I tried to ca- take a dream diary was because of lucid dreaming. I was trying to like learn how to do it. And that's one of the things you have to do is they tell you it helps to like immediately when you wake up to write down anything you can think about that happened in your dream. And it's supposed, to, you're right. It, what they say is it's supposed to make it easier for you 
to, first of all, recognize when you're dreaming, but second of all, it makes it more, you can like train yourself, like you said, to basically force yourself to start remembering that stuff as opposed to like just forgetting at the moment that you wake up. Yes. So I think my point is more just that you can't demand that people reliably remember their dreams for this kind of assignment. Sure. Yeah. She didn't say, um, have a, like do these exercises. And then like in three months, like once you all are like doing great, remembering your dreams, then we'll start a dream journal. Yeah. Brains are weird. You can't rely on them like that. No. Well, we should also remember that all of the medical knowledge of brains that these people would have would be roughly from 17 to 1800. So <laughs> their, uh, their knowledge in science might be a little bit lacking. Like, we're going, lacking. we're going to dr- dream our dreams and write them down to increase the yellow bile, which will help you remember the dreams better later on. If you take a baby's tooth and you put it under your pillow, you'll dream better. No, you won't, because that child's going to be screaming. <laughs> Why did you take out its tooth? That is painful and weird. Stop it. Well, you know. I guess I meant. I guess I meant like a baby tooth, <laughs> like one that just comes out naturally. I just love the image of you being like, "Well, I need to remember. Get over here, kid." <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! You'll grow another. Next, they go to defense against the dark arts, and let me just tell you, this scene's hard to witness. It's I, extremely frustrating. I don't know about you all, but. I think that if my professor directly referred to one of her predecessors as a half-breed, I would have some issues with the administration of the school. Call me crazy. I think I just definitely would never, ever, ever go to her class at all costs. Yeah. In protest. Well, and like, here's the thing. If you go to Dumbledore and you're like, all right, Grandpa Dumbledore, listen up here. If I go to this class, I'm told to read this book and given no other instruction. So as long as I pinky promise to have read this book by the time right. that we get to my owl, how about you just let me get a free period there? Because otherwise I'm just going to be racking up detentions like I'm fucking Wayne Boggs. Like, yeah. there's no good scenario with me in this class. Like, nothing yeah. positive comes out of this experience for anyone. And in fact... I know the asshole that I am. It's going to get worse. So like, <laughs> yeah. why don't we just nip this in the bud and I will take a free period and just independent study of Defense Against the Dark Arts. Have you ever seen someone write it like nip it in the butt? All the time. Why? Why do they do that? <laughs> I love it so much. I love when like be- I love when language get mess gets messed up and it's very funny. <laughs> Nip it in the butt, baby. Bone apple tea. Now I'm just thinking of um, Russell Crowe singing that song. <laughs> Why Russell Crowe? Because he does in Le Mis. He's like, we will nip it in the butt. <gasps> oh my God, that's so funny. I didn't know that. It's not fun. It's not good. <laughs> is, this, is this a safe space? Can I share? Can I be honest and share my truth? Yeah, what? teach us. I don't know, man. <laughs> I've never seen. It's okay. It's really, it is quite a lot and it's long. It's a lot. And I feel like I'm going to disappoint a lot of my friends when they hear that I've never seen it, but like, well, you basically like have experienced it now. I sang like that line for you. (laughs) (laughs) It's 
the that's the well, most important part. Between that and Dream to Dream, I basically know the plot of the movie. So oh, it's a it's a busy one. Yeah, my high school performed it when I was in our theater. So did mine. <laughs> Were you in theater though? No. Well, I, w- I was in the theater, so that's like why I've been exposed to Les Mis. Uh. Hey, who's Wayne Boggs? Oh, um, he, he's. I, I referenced Wayne Boggs earlier. He was a baseball player who was notorious for his alcohol consumption ability. Okay. And so he would. Uh, oh, ability. Yes. Uh, they, they reference one of his legends on It's Always Sunny, which is where most of the people I think that listen to this podcast would possibly know it from where he was on a flight and drank like 42 beers or something on a cross-country flight. Whoa, good for him. He probably didn't have a wait to go to the bathroom. Probably not. He probably <laughs> had a private bathroom. That That is a reasonable, or at least first-class bathroom. Yeah, he's not waiting for the pisser. Or he's pissing his pants. Beers. I mean, <laughs> yeah. when you have 42 beers, you literally just piss your... Like, it's reasonable that you'd be pissing your pants. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. definitely more understandable than without the 42 beers. Right, for sure. But we don't judge. So, uh, <coughs> I'm just like bracing myself for Defense Against the Dark Arts, but also delaying it. Can we just it. talk like, about Wade Boggs more? He's, no. he's pretty fun dude. Like, No, it's boring. Um, okay, Professor Umbridge says, good afternoon, class. And then their, Fuck res- you. their response isn't peppy enough. So she makes them do it again. Well, and I think like the the only good part about this is we all know instantly the voice that that class as Ugh. one did the good afternoon, professor. Like who wants that? You Ugh. know that's the response it's is going to be. It's a control thing. Yeah, it is. She likes the drone. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Okay, she says wands away and quills out. And like those words had never been followed by an interesting lesson. Wands away and quills out. So Professor Umbridge introduces their new minister, quote, ministry approved course of defensive magic, unquote. And then she writes the official course aims on the board. Um, She assigns them to start reading the first chapter of their textbook in silence. Uh, and naturally, Harry attempts to start dutifully reading. <laughs> I would probably have been lit if a teacher was like, just read the book. I don't care. All of class. I don't care. Because mm-hmm. I read really fast and then I can do whatever I want. I mean, can you? Because she definitely seems like the type who would be like, but then go on to chapter two. No, but then what do I do next class? You go know what I mean? Go on to chapter three. Uh, Okay, well, we'll get there. I think like next chapter or the next one. Then you yeah. start the book. Like, uh, uh, she's sorry. not trying. She's not trying. Ah, wow. fucking hater. You don't think there she would let somebody do homework no. for another class after At, in her classroom? Absolutely not. <laughs> what well, the fuck? <laughs> we can't. We'll never know because Hermione was just. She was on one, I guess. She just really wanted to fight. Hermione did. Yeah. Hermione. She knew what was coming. She knew it was coming. Hermione puts her hand in the air so silently and patiently that that Harry didn't notice, you know. But her hand is in the air. She hasn't opened her textbook. And Umbridge is pointedly looking in the opposite direction, which is like. She's a child. Just it's just cowardly. Yes, (laughs) she's a child. She's a fucking adult child. 
She's a lady baby. That's weirder than saying man Yeah, baby. please never say that again. <laughs> <laughs> lady baby. Um, sex, sexy baby. baby would be a worse thing to say. <laughs> <No. arguably. laughs> Excuse me while I go vomit uncontrollably for several minutes. The color pink, as we know, is very sexy. <laughs> so eventually the whole class gets distracted by Hermione and her raised hand. So Umbridge is forced to allow her to speak. I realize this is probably going to sound like hyperbole, but my God, I Hermione just reminds me of the fucking like the old core like students, like the the fucking civil right activist students that were like, we need to play by this book. And this is how we have to. I fucking love her, man. She just sits there and is like, hand up. I'm going to wait to be fucking recognized. Civil disobedience. What it literally feels like she's like, yeah, handcuffed herself to a railing or something. Exactly. She's like, yeah. she's doing a sit-in. Exactly. I fucking love her. So Hermione says she doesn't see anything in the course aims about using magic. And Umbridge is like, yeah, bitch, because you won't be using magic. Mm. And then, <laughs> and I'm so sorry to do this, but then Ron ejaculates loudly. Yes, he does. <laughs> We've all just came in class before, right? Just like, do you, ah! do you have the line? Does someone have the line? No. I think you got it. I think it's, and then Ron ejaculated loudly. No. No. He says something. Here, I'll look it up. Please hold do, while do, I look do, up. What is that yeah. from? I know that. Okay. There was like a guy, there was like a doll, like there was electric that you pressed a button and it would sing. Anyways, sorry, we're ready. Ejaculate. Okay. Um, ejaculate all over us. We're not going to use magic. Ron ejaculated ejaculated loudly. I said ejaculated like evacuating a penis. <laughs> that can't be the word she uses. Oh, it she is. She says ejaculated. <laughs> Which I think is just proof that she was sitting there with a fucking thesaurus open. And I think that's how she wrote most of her books. That stupid bitch. We'll have to see when we get to the Half-Blood Prince, but I am pretty sure that in book six, Horace Slughorn also ejaculates. Ooh. Oh, I'm that's worse. Sure. Why? It's, it's worse. An adult should not be ejaculating at a school. I have a firm stance on that. He gives his students booze. Absolutely. Who cares? Uh, it's classy. Okay, Gina. <laughs> he gives them booze. God, this is a real Kevin Spacey. Never. What? I'm sorry. That was a great joke, Sutton, and I am so sorry that I didn't laugh hard. Oh, no. It's a real Kevin Spacey moment. <laughs> what's the other guy? Brian, uh, what's his name? Through the parties. Brian, um, the other canceled shit stain. What is happening? Sutton was referencing that Kevin Spacey was known at parties to basically just be a creep that would go and like hit on young men that. I see, I see, I see. Yes. Could give them alcohol. Like, give them alcohol like Slughorn. And, yeah. Is that why he's canceled? Yeah. That's part okay. of it. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's worse than... It's than way worse that, than that. Yeah. That's fine. We don't have to Let's get leave it. it at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there be monsters down that road. Okay, we don't have time to unpack all of that. And yet it would be more pleasant than talking about this guy. <laughs> God damn it. This is the world that we're in. 
So there's this whole very weird and immature power dynamic where Umbridge refuses to acknowledge any of the students who speak without their hand without being called on. So like everyone's hands are raised and she keeps pointedly ignoring different people. All that I'm hoping for is one of the kids to have enough balls to just like put their hand up as they're speaking then and be like, well, fine. Then my hand is up. Fuck you. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yes, Mr. Akers, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) The kids are tripping because they're going to basically be learning defense against the dark arts risk-free in a risk-free environment in their classroom which is obviously like not that's like the opposite of like practical knowledge well and god bless these kids because when faced with this not a single one of them is like well this is going to be a boring fucking year they were legitimately worried about grades well some of them anyway some of them are just like i don't like you and this is what i'm complaining about harry (laughs) hmm um, so they're all like going around saying things. Parvati points out that they'll be expected to perform defensive spells in their owls. So they need to practice. But Umbridge is basically like, you don't need to practice. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, and then she tries to like dig at Hermione in the way that she thinks will get under Hermione's skin, which is to be like, witches and wizards far more clever than you set this up. It's like, no, you're not going to trip her up with that daft cunt she's smarter than you are she's not going to be lured in by your little your stupid little put her in no that is Hermione fucking Granger I'm gonna do like a like a bad bitch femme version of daft punk and we're gonna call ourselves daft cunt (laughs) (laughs) that's a great band name that that really is Everyone's fighting. Umbridge is like, who on earth would want to hurt little children like yourselves? And Harry is like, Voldemort! Voldemort! He says Lord Voldemort, which feels weird. I thought the same thing. Yes, it does feel weird. Why make him a lord when you talk about him? Like, I actually very specifically only write Umbridge. Like, I don't call her professor because I don't respect it. So, like, why call him Lord Voldemort? Right, right, right. I don't know if that's just the thing that people... Well, no one says his name. Harry makes this decision. Harry's the only one. True. Well, so he's just awkward and he hasn't heard people say it enough to know how to (laughs) use it organically. This is what happens when you unilaterally let the muggle-born dude uh, or the half-muggle-born guy who doesn't know the society try and be dramatic it just comes <laughs> right. off bad it's like a kid trying to cuss for the first time oh and it's like i get where you're what i get feeling. what you're going for but like you're just bad at this right now you're gonna need more time <laughs> and that's harry being like oh i don't know lord Voldemort." like okay like there's a book there's an episode of bob's burgers where linda is on thanksgiving and there's <laughs> all the all these like feral turkeys and they're, they're like in this like boat thing going past them I'm giving those birds the bird. <laughs> Mom, Mom, can we do it too? Uh, yes, just today because it's a holiday. Like this. Yeah! Never ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very cute. They're all like so gleefully like flipping oh. off the turkeys. Yeah, it's a great episode. <laughs> uh, it, it's about to be Thanksgiving, so you guys should watch that episode. That one's called The Dawn of the Peck. Actually, I'm going to put a blog post on my personal blog, which does exist. The only thing I put on it is Bob's Burgers special episodes rankings these days. 
Um, so I'm going to rank the Thanksgiving episodes, which are very legendary. The Pretty much the only thing I like about Thanksgiving is the Bob's Burger specials. So I'm going to pop a link to that in the show notes. Listeners, you don't know this. Bettina is digging herself a hole of, because she is not ready for her plug at the end of this episode and has now plugged multiple things on multiple <laughs> occasions outside of that zone. And she is uh. just, I'm amazed. I, I, kept, I was thinking, it's like, should I say this? Nope. Nope, I'm I'm gonna be the friend that I am and just let her keep digging ferociously. <laughs> and then Thank you so much. over the edge of the grave, be like, hey, hey, hon, hey, okay. I think you messed up. <laughs> um. Okay. So, like, is Harry lying about Voldemort? Is he not lying? Like, let's talk about it. <laughs> they go back and forth. I think part of what triggered me so much about this fucking chapter is living in the world that we live in right now, with people trying to pass off obvious lies and i don't know man it just as it might be pretty obvious it kind of fucked with me to be reading this because yeah. like it just I, there's too many parallels between umbridge and trump in this episode there's just too many of them where it's the way that like this is all a lie it's just a lie and it's like no it's not a lie like this is what happened i was She's there gaslight gatekeep girl bossing right now <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag TM. Trump is only referred to as daft cunt from now on. <laughs> I don't want him to have something so awesome, but he stole my yeah. band name. <laughs> he stole my band name without ever knowing it. Umbridge gives Harry detention and then he's mad now. So he says, according to you, Cedric Diggory dropped out of his own accord. Did he? No. They were invited into the... I mean, it was a terrible accident. Umbridge is like, come here, Harry. And then she scribbles a little note and tells Harry to take it to Professor McGonagall. She, like, obscure... The way he describes her is, like, all... The way the narrative describes Umbridge <laughs> is so so interesting. They make her, like like, at times, like, pompous and dignified, and at times, like, Almost like gremlin-y. You know what I mean? Well, in this, it's important to note, this is something that Umbridge wanted. She was waiting and wanting for the moment that she could drop this. Because yeah. this is like, this is her first real chess piece, right? And this whole weird power dynamic that's going to go on between her, Harry, and Dumbledore. This is the first real barrage, the first volley which is yeah. waiting for him to bring up in her class Voldemort so that she could deny him coming back. And yeah. this is like, this is it. This is game on. Basically, the best thing to do for Harry in this situation is to like just completely refuse to engage, you know? Like, oh, period. absolutely. But it's also Harry. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> so... <laughs> so he does. He takes the note to Professor McGonagall. He's all slammy and grumpy and Pete... It's time for him to get his just desserts. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Boo. Yeah. I'm sorry you had to experience that. Sudden. It's it true, just, though. I mean, he does. He gets them. He does. Harry's so mad that he pretty much tells Peeves to, Peeves to, to fuck, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time for your bullshit right it's now, It's kind Peeves. of nice. Like, you know that Peeves is not affected by it. So it's kind of nice to see Harry just, like, get some rage out real quick on someone who doesn't just absorbs it, you know, completely. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably be a good outlet for him just go get you know just go start shouting at peeves you know he'll shout back it doesn't matter <laughs> cool cool off a little bit 
That's why Peeves is there, really. Yeah, yeah that's the yep. real secret, is Peeves is just there so that uh, students are able to mouth off and to get ugly on something that does not give a shit. Dumbledore definitely could have gotten rid of him if there weren't a reason. <laughs> it's Absolutely. true. That's like the only time he's nice to you is when you're like yelling and giving him the tea. He's like, what happened next, Grawl? <laughs> <laughs> have a lemon drop and tell me more. <laughs> so McGonagall reads the letter and then she is like, have a biscuit, Potter. <laughs> what? <laughs> and Harry is like, remember that time that I was flying when I wasn't supposed to be? And then I thought she was going to get mad at me but then she put me on the quidditch team instead maybe this will be as good as that <laughs> it's not as good as no that. not at all harry has now been put into play in this ongoing chess match between the ministry and dumbledore that he a did not know was going on very well and b is the worst possible piece you could have on that board if you are dumbledore an irrational emotional very, very scared little boy. But Dumbledore doesn't do anything, does not do anything to make Harry any of those things less. Like yeah, he, he could have like beating said it. that Absolutely. out loud. He could have used his words, Dumbledore. Yeah. Well, and McGonagall could too, right? Because like this right. whole exchange, McGonagall, and like I genuinely think it comes from a place of McGonagall thinking that Harry is more clever than he is. But like, oh. if you are a, you know, if you're not a moody, angsty, angry fourteen or sixteen year old, fifteen year old, uh, then you re you realize that what she's saying is like, this is much bigger than you. Shut the fuck up and just keep your head down. But why doesn't she just say that? Right? Well, she <laughs> kind does of does that? by the end, doesn't she? Basically, she does, but she offers no real explanation and like. Right. I, I don't think that's her responsibility, really. I really think it's Dumbledore's responsibility to c convey anything to Harry. But he doesn't, so it's just McGonagall whispering for him to, like, chill out, basically. And feeding him biscuits. Like, that's a really nice touch. It says it's in a tartan tin. Does tartan just mean plaid? Yeah, tartan is the specific, oh, yeah. uh, the kilt patterns. I see. Oh. Never would have, Cute. never, never knew that. Argyle plaid. She has a tartan dressing gown, I think, is where I've heard that with reference. And maybe like a, a sleeping cap. Is that right? Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, I, think I sincerely hope that it is because I want Haley to wear that at some point. <laughs> a tartan dress, sleeping uh, robe and sleeping cap. I think she would just be so at home <laughs> in such an arrangement. McConaughey, is that you? No, it's just Haley. I mean, we all know that McGonagall is Haley in like 50 years or 60 years, however the math works out, right? She could never be that stern. I put her around mm -hmm. kids for that many years. I think she could. Oh, hmm. Okay. If you didn't have it. a Christmas present yet, it'll be a perfect one. <laughs> I don't know. Right I'm, I'm, not, I'm not giving her a child for Christmas. I don't think Haley wants that at all. No, the dress, the tartan, the tartan. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Um, I love the genuine concern in your voice of like, Andrew, <laughs> god damn it, no, that's not pay attention. Oh, okay, you're being dumb again. Okay, okay, okay. Harry is being snarky and fighting back in McGonagall. She's like, there, there's like a bit about the uh, another biscuit, and he's like, I don't want one. And she's like, take it. Take the like, fucking cookie. Fine. He's like, fine. She literally, I'm being she's nice. like, you, you fucking idiot, take it. Yeah. 
And then she's just basically like, for the love of, of the gods, like, do not make this harder. And that's the end of the episode. I mean, that's the end of the chapter. We- <laughs> well, both, but. That's the, well, you know, it's the end of the chapter. Gotta spell it out to him, you know? C, U, N. Oh, sorry, sorry. Mixed up with your spelling out. Um, Sutton, is there anything that you wanted to, like, go back to in the chapter or underline or anything we missed? I guess I do appreciate, um, I appreciated when Hermione sort of says that she gets the paper every day or every week. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh The daily, is it the daily? Um, She gets it every day because you have to know your enemies. And that's sort of like gave me some uh, reassurance because I keep staying on Instagram for some reason. And it (laughs) makes me sad. But then I'm like, oh, I got to know like what all the. Mm. Bad people are saying. Nice. Yep, it's true. When you really want to hurt yourself emotionally, just start listening to anything by Robert Evans. And, like, that's the way that you depress the hell out of yourself with current events. Owie, wow. Oh, I'm on that train. I'm on that train. (laughs) Choo-choo, motherfucker. (laughs) Uh Andrew, is there anything that you wanted to circle back to or anything we missed? No, it's just going to dissolve into me screaming cunt if I try to. So let's let's not. She's a bitch. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> all you don't need to sing anymore. That's it. Right there. <laughs> I don't think I got to call her a cunt this episode. So I just want to yeah. get it out oh real quick. Oh my gosh, please do. Yeah, please. yeah. Oh my God, that cunt. Thanks. Yes. Mm-hmm. I yes. appreciate that. Yeah, no, well thank done. You, thank you for contributing that. that yeah, I do really, really appreciate uh, it. It's the nice little... The doily on the thing on the podcast that makes it perfect. Yeah, that's our pod doily right there. <laughs> that's our cunt doily right there. Is uh, that one right there? And our next chapter is called "Detention with Dolores." So you Oof. know that one will only escalate our rage. Who's on that episode? Mm-hmm. Oh, we have a new special guest for that one. So someone you've never heard on the show before. It's a secret. Uh, well, let's move on to some plugs. Are you ready? Never. Sutton, do you want people to find you on the internet, or would you rather not? I mean, there's nothing exciting to be to be found, but <laughs> that's but, just fine. But if you if you want to um, be my friend or something, uh, it's it's uh, my Instagram. I'm on that one. It's him of June. H Y M N, like a church song or something. Him of June. Um, that's yeah. And there, again, there's nothing exciting, really. There's nothing going on. <laughs> I really don't post very often. You're really selling it. Thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what's something you've been watching or playing or reading, listening to lately that you think the listeners of our podcast would enjoy? I'm sure it's been plugged on here at least once, but there's a show called Arcane and it's a uh, it's on Netflix and it is like it's the best thing I've seen in so long. And it's, it's strange because it's like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's technically animated. It's like digitally, I don't know, but it like the movements of the characters are all just like, so um, I don't know. It's just masterfully done. And the story like gives you this sense of like childish adventure that I just hadn't had in so long. It's a very beautiful show. Um, oh, and that. it's on Netflix. Everyone should watch Hell it. Oh yeah. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Andrew, what have you been up to lately? It's going to be the weirdest plug ever, but I've been listening to a 
parenting podcast. Hmm, maybe it is. Called Dear Old Dads. That is three podcasters that I like their works on other things a lot. And so they, they started this, uh, it's a secular parenting podcast. It's also the only uh, podcast in Apple that is marked parenting and family that is explicit. But it is a secular nice. parenting podcast that is very cool because it's three guys that a lot of times basically, you could basically, t- the alternate title is What the Fuck's Up with to- to- about Toxic Masculinity Today. Because uh-huh. it's like a bunch of topics of like, how do we approach raising children and getting over any bad habits or thought processes or just hangups that we might have from our childhood and acknowledge them, but still get over them and, you know, try and raise a kid in this day and age of just general awfulness. And, uh, as someone who is very much in the never have a child camp, it's still incredibly entertaining and endearing and heartwarming in all the right ways. So I highly recommend it. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. And um, I've been struggling with plugs lately just because I I just... Because you do them all throughout the episode. <laughs> I, I do them all throughout the episode, and then I still do them every single episode. So what I've done is I've written down all of the podcasts that I'm passionate about, and I've organized them into categories. And over the next, what, like eight episodes, I'm going to drop a whole category of podcasts that I enjoy. I, th- I guess I listen to a lot. Um, so today I'm going to share with you um, all of the science slash health, but mostly just science podcasts that I listen to. I love learning and I sort of uh, passively learn cool science shit with a bunch of science podcasts. I listen to maintenance, maintenance phase, which is like a very inclusive, like cool, uh, like health and wellness, like debunking, you know, myths and stuff. I listen to Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, which is like, guess what? Cardboard is secretly incredibly fascinating. And then Alan does an episode about that. There's a podcast called Let's Learn Everything, where it's just three subjects every week, and they just learn some crazy shit. I listen to Unexplainable, which is about science subjects that cannot be fully explained, like, for example, yawning. I listen to Completely Arbitrary, which is a very nerdy, very Hufflepuff energy podcast about trees. The weirdest thing I learned this week is by Pop Science, and that is just like exactly what it sounds like, the weirdest thing I learned this week. And finally, I listened to Ologies, which is like a a general science podcast uh, where they do like a new ology every week. So those are all the science podcasts that I listen to, and I recommend you check them all out. That was the best plug ever. Thank you so much. (laughs) I wanted to give each of them a little, uh, I wanted to like differentiate them. I was really like, I got to keep the descriptions to like one sentence. It's like a a plug explosion. It is a plug explosion. That sounds disgusting, actually. It really does. It sounds like something involving a dog that can't breathe. It's bad. (laughs) It's bad. Anyway, Sutton, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I had so much fun. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. And I hope we'll see you back for the next book. Hell yes. And Andrew, as always, thank you for being my... Anger translator. (laughs) (laughs) Co-conductor. It's always a pleasure, and I'm sorry for getting mad again. I always get mad, and I love you, and I don't know why. It's really okay. This series just constantly disappoints me. That's it, potheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. 
Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. Hi, my name's Sam, and I've recently become an adult. But why does adulting have to suck? Join me on my journey to rediscover the joy of following your passions as an adult and discuss it with people who are doing just that. I'll sit down with a variety of people from all walks of life and ask the important questions while trying to figure out what does it really mean to adult. Whether you're a pro or haven't even started, come and listen wherever you get your podcasts and hopefully you might learn a thing or two. Sorry, I ruined it. Sutton, look at me. Look at me. There is no way to ruin this. (laughs) It would have happened long, long ago. Dave X Media.